Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. Allie came on a few weeks ago and you all loved her so much. And of course, I did too, that we decided we're going to bring Allie back on a regular basis. So our last episode was on like PCOS and body hair and just kind of like body neutrality and body positivity and then a bunch of other stuff because we realized we actually just enjoy talking about a lot of these topics that you guys also enjoy talking about and listening about. So today we're going to be talking about going to the gyno and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the uncomfortable. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you're listening, you know, let us know your experiences too, because everyone has such different experiences. But Allie, I wanted to pass it back over to you and like reintroduce yourself for anyone who may not have listened to our other episode, which I'll make sure to link below. Of course. Hello, everyone. I am Allie. I also go by Avocado Allie or just Avocado. Um, fun fact, I've actually like been walking around a random city once when I used to when I used to do barista competitions. And I one time like literally heard someone yelling like Avocado. And I was like, how do you know who I am? But anyway, um, hello, I'm Allie. I'm super happy to be back. I'm social media influencer, artist, person on the internet. And I'm just excited to be here. I feel like, I feel like you and me vibe so well. And we like, our first real conversation was the last podcast episode, even though I feel like we already know each other. So I think this is kind of cute that I feel like we're like building a friendship through being on a podcast together. I know everyone's going to be a part of our friendship, like blossoming and growing because, yeah, we met through social media and, you know, there's a lot of bad people can say about social media, but there's a lot of good. Like I've made a lot of cool friends. Um, And then the first video I saw, I actually followed you before your viral videos. And so I feel like even more like an OG. I'm like, we're, we were friends before the viral vids. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I, I have made some really good friends on the internet. Like I have so, so many conflicting feelings. Like some, like recently I was like, I'm looking at my phone so much. I need to put it down. But then on the other hand, I'm like, but that's how I'm like connected to so many amazing people. It's so hard. I'm in like the same boat. Um, so today the guy know, and I know you are fresh off. A gyno visit. So I'm going to let you take it away. Tell us. Okay. A little backstory. Allie recently have like, I mean, I would classify it as a traumatic gyno experience, but I, I don't want to speak for you. How did you feel about the gyno before this bad experience? I had relative. <laughs> I've got like something stuck. It's like really humid here today too. And I've got like stuff stuck in my throat. Like checking for boogers, like before we started, I was like, how many boogies? <laughs> Your editor is going to love that. Um, <laughs> um, Leave it in. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I distracted myself. So I feel like I had like pretty neutral feelings about the gynecologist. I wasn't excited, but uh, in past visits, I've had pretty good experiences. Like I finally found doctor a doctor that I liked but this most recent time it was more of a last minute appointment so I think that does contribute a little bit to my experience that I just had but overall I mean I'm like I'm not excited to get a pap smear but it was it's like whatever you do it yeah I had like similar I had 
And I've talked about this a little bit, but I had some pretty bad experiences in Alabama. But I will say, like, since I've, like, moved, my experiences have been pretty good. Um, But I will say I had this one guy I know I really loved here in Austin. And I had recommended her to a bunch of people. And I found I'm married, which is this is an interesting thing that I never even thought would have to do with your, like, gynecological visit. I'm married. I'm not on birth control. I'm very, anyone who knows me knows I'm pro making your own choice, but I personally don't take birth control. So I was like, yeah, she's cool. She's cool with me not being on birth control. I sent a bunch of my friends there who were single. She birth control shamed them. Mm. She tried to force them on birth control. And so I had to switch because I was like, I can't, like, that's not, like, I don't align with that. But that's something I never thought about with a gynecologist is like people's own bias going into how you're treated at the visit. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've had kind of a similar experience to your friends in that um, I feel like the conversation, especially because I have PCOS, was like, when you decide to get pregnant, I may have said this on the last podcast, when you decide to get pregnant, when you decide to get married, also an assumption that I would be with a man, like just like- So many assumptions. So many assumptions. And then always, always trying to convince Bianca to go on birth control, which I did do once and it was not fun for me. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting because like, yeah, she was totally fine with like my choices and my decisions. And then like I sent friends there and it was like, I had like four friends be like, hey, I don't want to tell you this because I feel like bad, but I actually had a really bad experience. And I was like, no, I'm so sorry like that you had a back experience with someone I recommended. And so, yeah. So like there's that aspect of it. And then there's another aspect of it, which I know you just, we both had to deal with, but procedures that aren't classified as technical procedures like IUD removals, biopsies, you know, I'm going to hand it over. I'm going to let you talk about that. Yeah, so um, a little bit of backstory on why I went to the gynecologist other than a normal visit was I have had persistent bleeding for over a month, which my, with PCOS, my period has been very irregular for, since I've had my period. When I was much, much younger, I would have long spans of time where I was bleeding. Um, I was younger though, and I didn't bring it up to anyone at the time, which I should have. But luckily- It's hard though. Like when you don't even know what's normal and like you're kind of like still in that awkward phase where you're embarrassed, like it's tough. Yeah, and I was pretty young and I don't think I had even gone to the gynecologist yet. So I, I was just kind of scared. So And I didn't know what was going on. But so I've always had a very strange period. And recently I had been skipping a lot of periods. So when I finally got it again, it just kept going and going. And at first I was like, all right, maybe if it's a little while, like it's not that big of a deal because I hadn't been bleeding. Maybe it just needs to all get out of me. Um, So long story short, I ended up talking to a nurse on call, which I do have to say, I feel like the nurses who you can talk to off hours are always the best. Like they are the best. They are the best. Like, and when you, and you're like panicking too, when you call, like, I don't know if anyone listening's ever had a panic, like thing about where you have to call the gynecologist. Like I'm always so emotional. Like 
It just mm-hmm. always is so emotional for me. And they're always so nice. I feel like the on-call nurses rock. They, have, I, I know. And I feel like they have every reason to be like annoyed, even though they are working. But still, it's like it's 8 p.m. on a Saturday. And they're so sweet. And I actually talked to a nur- two different nurses because I also have really severe OCD. And part of my OCD is it's been triggered by the pandemic. And I have had a lot of issues with um, fear of contamination. So I needed some reassurance. Like, what are you guys doing in the office? I, I, I went in like gloves, mask, everything. Like now I'm like, monkeypox is happening. I don't know what to touch. So they were very, very sweet. So anyway, I go and I'm like, I'm bleeding. Don't know what's going on. It won't stop. And as soon as the appointment starts, he, the doctor walks in and I prefer a female doctor, but he was the only one available. And he was very like bubbly and nice, which I appreciated. But like he sits down and before he even says anything, he goes on this long spiel about PCOS. And I'm just sitting there like, I know, trust me, I know. And maybe only like four minutes into the appointment, before before he checks me out, asks me questions, he says, you know, there's two camps of people with PCOS, people who are trying to get pregnant and people who are on birth control. And there shouldn't really be anyone in the middle. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. What? Yes. Like four minutes into the bit, like he just sat down. So he just divided all the people with PCOS, which is one in 10 people with periods, closer to one in five. So millions of people into two camps. Now, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. How did that make you feel? Like, I mean, I, I expect, I have expectations when I go to the doctor, I know they're going to talk about my weight and I know they're going to try to get me on birth control. So I have, I kind of mentally prepare, but I wasn't expecting that. Like before he didn't even look at me. He didn't even like evaluate me before he was like, let me tell you about PCOS, even though I've been living this my whole life. And let me tell you about something that you live every day that I have no idea what it feels like, but let me tell you. And you basically, you have to be on birth control, basically. Like, mm, that just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was very, like, I was just like, no. I was like, I've been on birth control. I'm on antidepressants. I'm prone to depression and anxiety. And when I was on birth control, it wasn't good for me. And then he was like, well, the IUD. And I was like, and I said, and I tried to not really get that into it. And I was just like, I've had, I know a lot of people personally who've had bad experiences. And later on, he brings up the IUD again towards the end of the appointment and before all the trauma happened. And he had said to me, like, what did he say? He said, I know, you know, a few people who've had like not great experiences. Like I felt, it felt very gaslighty. Like, oh, I mean, most people are fine when they get an IUD. And I'm like, I, my sister just told me that her friend had a seizure when she got her IUD put in. Oh, and like, we're going to get to what happened in your visit in a second, but like IUD removal and like the pain associated with that is so relevant to this conversation. Like, 
Mm-hmm. When you go in to get an IUD, most doctors don't even provide a local anesthetic. And it is very painful. Keep in mind, when you go get a vasectomy, you get completely put under. Just keep I, that I didn't fact even in know. mind. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, okay, so let's get into it. So basically, we're sitting there. He's going over stuff. I'm like, I don't want to go on birth control. And we are about to, I'm trying to remember. Um, he mentions that he wants to do an endometrial biopsy just to make sure if I do go through periods of time without bleeding that uh, there's no like pre-cancerous stuff going on since the lining isn't shedding regularly. Um, even though he said it wasn't a huge concern for him, but he just wanted to make sure. And that also I was going to do an internal ultrasound. Um, and then he was like, I don't like springing biopsies on people. So I'll give like, do you want to do it? And for me, I was like, I'm already here. I just want to know what's going on. And I, the only frame of reference I had for that biopsy was someone I spoke to once when I was 16. I remember her telling me that she had a bad experience and that it was painful. So I knew that it was painful, but he didn't really prepare me for how painful it would be. And the only reason we even talked about the pain is because I asked him, like, how painful would it be? And he, like, shuffled around some drawers and, like, found some long instrument as to try to, like, show an example of, like, what he was going to do in there and kind of explained it to me. Um, and, and then I asked him, does it matter if I get the biopsy? or the internal ultrasound first. And he was like, oh no, it's, he was like, no, it should be fine. And I'm not a doctor, but I would think that you'd want the internal ultrasound first because once you, a biopsy is cutting. So like once you cut, like you don't, okay, anyways. Yeah, I know, I can see, I know, I saw your face. You were like, I know. So, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. I'm mentally prepared. I'm like, it's gonna hurt. But he said, for most people, it's some cramping and then it goes away a few minutes after. That's all he told me. So we go to do the biopsy and I swear I have never felt so much pain. Maybe in my life, definitely in a doctor situation. I was screaming. I was cursing. I kept saying, I kind of blacked out, but I kind of remember saying like, I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. Like I felt like, it feels like if you've had a panic attack, but then like how your body feels and you're like cold sweating, but like times 10. And he kept saying, he, he told me beforehand, he's like, just let me know if you want me to stop. And he would say like, is it okay if I keep going? And I was like, if it can be done in one second. Like I was screaming in pain. It was. Yes, I'm so sorry. So uncomfortable. And I was like, how is this a procedure that you don't get any kind of an- local anesthesia for? Or Tylenol, like they gave me Tylenol later, but like beforehand, something, the minimum. 
Like there's got to be some way to just numb that one. Like I'm not a doctor, but like there's got to be some way to help with pain around that. There has to be. And afterwards, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, yeah, I think I, I had to lay there for a long time afterwards. He literally had to get like a pamphlet and like fan me off. I was not okay. And I just... I don't, I don't understand how that's just like a normal whatever procedure. And then they left me there. And then I went to go get an ultrasound. And like after 10 minutes later, after all of that, and I'm still like shaking, but I'm like happy to be in the room with the woman who's doing my ultrasound because it's like nice and calm and dark and quiet in there. And she didn't even know I had just had a biopsy. So... And normally an internal ultrasound is like not that big of a deal. Like you feel it, but it was like, oh my God, you're just like rubbing up against the walls of everywhere after I just had this done. And it was so shocking. And after all of that, I feel like I had to sit on it for a while and then I was like, I have, I was having even more bleeding from afterwards and I was still in pain. And he had told me it'll, you'll have cramps and you'll be uncomfortable for like 10 minutes afterwards. So later that night when I was still having pain, I was like, well, he said I shouldn't still have pain. And I found Reddit threads, which is where I get too much information, but of people who had had this biopsy and all of these horrifying stories and I just started crying and I couldn't really figure out why and then I was like I think I feel like violated (laughs) and then to see so many people who've had such horrendous experiences thinking back on that I'm like they shouldn't even be allowed I have trauma it's trauma it is trauma it's yeah they should not be able to just do it. I feel like they should prepare you, be like, you have someone to like drive you home afterwards. At minimum, really strong ibuprofen beforehand. That was my something. question. Did they let, did you have to drive yourself home after all of this? Yeah. Like that to me, so I have like a similar, it's different. I actually weirdly got pain medication. They numbed my arm. I had that birth control on my arm. Uh-huh. Next split on? Yes. It got stuck in my arm and they had to numb it and like rip it out. Oh. And my arm was like black and blue. And like, I mean, it was just like I like and I like threw up afterwards, even though I couldn't feel it. It was just like the weirdness of it all. Yeah. And I had to drive myself home after. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know if I can do this right now. And so I can't imagine like no pain medication. You've just gone through all of that. And then it's like, okay, now you need to drive yourself home. Yeah. And I I don't, I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of still in shock about the whole thing that this is just normal. And it's like, if it wasn't the, like, you don't, no other doctor do you go and have a procedure that invasive or that painful without numbing agent or going under. I had a mole removed on my arm and I got, they numbed it like 
a mole removal, like which probably actually isn't even that painful. I'm not really sure, but mine was numb. But you would think like if they're going to numb my wrist to remove a tiny mole, that they would numb your endometrial tissue to biopsy it. Yeah, I got numbed when I had a skin tag removed. Same thing. And that's like not even real. That's like hanging off. Really, like, that's hardly even on you anymore, I feel like. That's something I never even thought about. The fact that like I got a numbing agent for that and like this, but then like you weren't o- offered one for this kind of biopsy. They're all like this was a biopsy too. Not even an option, a discussion, nothing. And I'm about to Google, can you not? Surely you can not mute. There has to be something or at least like, I don't know, like laughing gas that you get at the dentist or something like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it says you can inject a local anesthetic. Oh, my God. Google says I'm not a doctor again. We will bring a we'll bring a really great gyno on here and they can give us all the answers of how to navigate this because. It's also hard too. like, I understand the contamination thing because like I had like one of my anxieties like for a long time was just like about like I wouldn't even go out to dinner because I was like I had like a hard time with germs and Mm -hmm. the gynecologist was also triggering to me because I would have to ask him a million times how they clean everything. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to circle back because like so there's more going on too. like you're already anxious about this appointment. You get in the appointment. It goes. It's horribly painful. And then you're just sent home and now you actually wait, still don't even have answers, right? Yeah. So that was two weeks ago. And I called the other day and left a message, no response. I sent a message in the portal and I finally got a response. And the nurse said that the doctor has been trying to get in touch with, I guess, whoever is at like lab or whatever about clarification on something. She didn't tell me what. And then she goes, but it's not cancer or anything. I'm like, okay, well, it's been two weeks. I had a biopsy and you're telling me there's clarification. Like, uh, also, like, they could have at least called me and been like, hey, we're figuring this out. You don't have cancer. Like, yeah, they could have just told you what they need. It's just like so tough. And like, I think that my biggest problem is like with the medical system is like, it just doesn't have to be this way but for some reason we've built a system that is just like you have to see so many patients today and you have to do it so fast and like you don't have time to talk to them and like I don't know it's so crazy because like I don't know I've talked about this on like a lot of episodes recently but like I had this weird thing when I was in college and they were just convinced I had an STD but I actually was having an autoimmune response it was two years I felt like I had a yeast infection wait so were they just I'm sorry, but they thought you had an STD. And I was testing negative for everything. And I had like, and not that this even matters because it shouldn't matter. But I was like, no, like I've had the same partner all through college. And they were like, mm-hmm. well, you may need to talk to him. And I was like, okay, well, if I have an STD, which one do I have? And like, they were like, oh, well, we, you're testing negative for everything. And I was like, okay, so I don't have an STD. I'm confused. Like, can you tell it's me? Just- and some mystery STD that they don't like and I what? Was, like, 20 and I like it was just like so fr- like and that's just like oh and so it ended up being an autoimmune stress response and so then I I think it started out as a yeast infection and then I got so anxious about the yeast infection my body just like kept mm-hmm. pushing inflammation to like my vulva and it ended up being all I needed was one Novocaine shot to trip the system and it completely fixed it but instead I spent 
like a year and a half, two years, just being told I had some random STD that I never had, that never existed. It's so frustrating how much they overlook or how much they downplay or gaslight. Like I've had so many conversations where I'm like, I think I have this thing going on. And like, no, you don't. And that's the thing is like, I was so like nervous and like stressed about it. And then like, I'm trying to talk to my partner about it. And like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And like, it was just all this craziness. And he was like, well, I mean, I'm sure you're fine. Like, everything's fine. I'm like, no, no, fine. And like, he was trying to be supportive, but like, it was so hard. And like, then they were like, oh, it's not an STD. You're just allergic to everything. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes more sense. But then like, you know, I switched to cotton underwear and I like started using like only like the most expensive clean detergent. And like that still wasn't working. And it literally was an autoimmune thing. And it's just frustrating. And then like gets to do all these painful procedures. Like I had to have a biopsy. And you know, what's interesting. I had to have a biopsy done, but it was the like outside, like of my vulva, not like the inside. Like, hmm. so it was like my actual vulva. And that, I don't think I got any pain medicine for that, but it was like very small and it was like, but it still hurt. I remember it really hurting. And then now I'm thinking about this whole mole thing and it's like all coming full circle. Like, why are I'm we- sorry. I can't get over the fact that they were just like, you have an, a, a new not STD that nobody knows about, but trust me, you have it. Like, they were like, yeah, like it, it's probably like BV, which is like, which is not an STD, but they're like, it might be BV, it might be a reoccurring yeast infection, or it's like just some kind of sexually transmitted infection. And I was like, okay, so am I testing for any of those things? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. So there's no yeast, there's no BV, and there's no bacteria that would be an infection. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, okay, well, that's ongoing to the gynecologist in a small college town in Alabama. But and yeah, like, but still, that's insane. It's crazy. And like the runaround you just get, I and I had to go to like five different gynecologists, which like, I'm sure now you're not going to want to go back to your same one. Like, although... So that wasn't your normal one, you see? No, and I, I, prim- I really like the practice. I've also, I've seen one other male doctor there, and I didn't have a good experience with him either. And I don't know, I, I don't know. Well, that's a whole other conversation. But like, I did finally find like a good doctor that I do really like there. So I think it was just I, him. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure the biopsy would have been the same thing, no matter who I was seeing in that office. Yeah. Okay. And so then back to the biopsy, I remember you posted about it because like we're friends on Instagram and didn't a lot of other people share similar stories like that this had also happened to them too? Yeah. So I had all of the like feelings I had turned into anger and I was just like, I need to talk about this with like as, as many people who will listen. So I did, I posted about my experience and then I put the little like questions box in my story. And so many people responded with their experiences. Um, people I know personally and a lot of people I've never talked to. And it was actually upsetting, but also really nice to see that like some of these, the, a lot of these experiences are normal, but then it's also upsetting to know that so many people have this experience because there were multiple people who said, oh yeah, I had my period for like nine weeks. No one could tell me why. Or 
I had the biopsy and I almost fainted or like all kinds of stuff. And it was also to me really surprising how many people were saying that they've had periods that lasted for well over a month and no one really talks about these things. Like an old coworker of mine was talking about her experiences and I was like, we would have probably never had this conversation otherwise. And it's so normal. And I'm like, why, why does no one talk about this? Why is this normal? Like, and like, also like, why aren't we digging into like, Hey, has anything, you know, like, did they ask you, like, has anything changed? Like, are you like, did they even ask any of that stuff or was it all, did they just go straight to PCOS? I mean, I mentioned that I have PCOS. So that's the only thing they talked about. And sometimes I'm like, I maybe should just, well, so interestingly, I forgot to mention at the end of the appointment, he even questioned if I did have PCOS because at the moment my I didn't have cysts. I guess like I didn't really like because they change at different times. Um and and then he was like, You don't need to have everything. You can just have X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I'm not even gonna get into it. Like, yes, I have all of those other symptoms you just said, but right now the cyst, I'm not cystic. So, so you've been like really focusing on your PCOS and like managing it. And, you know, like, I can't wait to celebrate the fact you don't have any cysts. Like, yay, this is awesome. Like, Allie, like you don't have any cysts. And, you know, you're man. It's just like, I don't know. But but it was just like, like, do you have PCOS? You're like, I've lived this my whole adult life. Right. So at first he lectures me. And then he tells me what I have to do for PCOS. And then he tells me he's not even sure I have PCOS. And then I was just like, what is going on here? And then I asked him about endometriosis just out of general curiosity, because I was like, do you think like this could be something like that? Because I have had some symptoms similar, but always have been overlooked. And he was just flat. No. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm not trying to diagnose myself. I just had a question. Like, maybe that could be another answer. Like, there was no other trying to get down to the reason why I was bleeding. And at the end of the appointment, I mean, there's so many things. It it was, like, so traumatic that I'm like, I didn't remember everything. But at the end of the appointment, I said, okay, well, if the results come back, there's no pre-cancer. I'm just bleeding. And he he was like, yeah. Like, he, he literally just said, yeah. I mean, he he didn't even attempt to discuss what other thing we could look for or what to do other than I should be on birth control. And um, and then he said something that was really weird was like, you know, if you're bleeding for a few months, I'm like, not that concerned. But if you're bleeding for like a year, like, yeah, obviously there's something else going on. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not a even year. joking. So a year. So if you're bleeding for a year then maybe something's going on and we'll look at it. But then whatever's going on, it's been going on for a whole year. Yeah. I know. So there was no like, no, oh, you know, we'll try to look into it. Maybe, you know, I've heard of this thing. It's really uncommon, but maybe you have this nothing. So needless to say, I've been trying to get in touch with like, I have an old acupuncturist who also practices Chinese medicine. So I'm just like, exploring all my other options because he also again at the end of the appointment was like so what are we going to do about birth control and then he tried to tell me to go on the id after all of that and i said i'm gonna do my research that's and like you know what at some point that's like all you can say because they're not gonna listen and like it just like 
it kills me though. Like, and I know maybe they don't have time. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but like the lack yeah. of like root cause, like we need to get to the root cause of things. Like, does this mean we need to do like hormone testing? Does this mean we need to look and see like, you know, like what is the reason you're having these long elevated periods because you have high estrogen or like whatever it is, like, why don't we look into that stuff too? Not just like, oh, it wasn't this. So it must be nothing. Right. And I was listening to a podcast recently with a doctor uh, talking. And again, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, this is just my recollection of the conversation I listened to. And it was basically like, there is no reward for being a doctor if you're finding root causes. It's just they want to see check off. You did something in that appointment. You did it as fast as possible. And that's it. Also, do you happen to know, to, to gynecologists like get certain, like, does it benefit them the more people they put on birth control? Are they like getting payouts from the birth control companies? So I'm not sure. I've like done a ton of research on this and I can't find like a definite answer. And like I've talked to my friend to like, or people I know who are gynecologists and they're like, no, I don't, I don't think that they do. I think that it's just like a band-aid. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right words without sounding judgmental, well, yeah. but like it's one of those yeah. things where I don't, I don't quite understand how it works. Maybe that's, maybe we need to bring a third guest on and the three of us talk and they explain to us how the pharmaceutical industry works and then we can learn because that's the thing is like, it's also like weird to me that birth controls average, like that medication can be, like brands can advertise their medication on TV. Right. And like on TikTok, like all these birth control, like how do they have so much advertising doll? I don't know. It's a whole thing. Well, also that goes against TikTok TOS, so I'm so confused by that, but that's a whole other whole social other media issue. thing. Yeah. That, I was just like, because when I'm sitting there, I'm like, is, does he benefit from me going on birth control? Like, he's so pushy about it. I've got no idea. We should definitely, between our next, when we record again in a month, we should look into that and see what we can find and see if there's like anything we know. So we'll bring that back to you guys. Okay. Well, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That's such a shitty experience. But I think it's really amazing that you're sharing it like look how many people like were in your dms afterwards like i've had the same thing yeah i mean i it, i know it like i said like a mixed feeling like i i i was glad to have that conversation a lot of people dm'd me and said thank you for talking about this because like it's not really something people talk about especially i'm not like a wellness you know influencer or whatever so um it's just it is so common and I am thankful that I have people to discuss it with. I feel like, I almost feel like if I didn't have a platform, I probably wouldn't have many people to talk to about it or people to relate with. When I was um, going through all that, I didn't tell anyone. Like I didn't tell my best friends. Like it made my anxiety, my depression so much worse. Like I just like, I was like a shell of myself for like two years. Like my roommates mm -hmm. from college, like we've been best friends for a long time and like we're still best friends like 10 years later. And they're like, yeah, like that was not, they're like, they're, and you know, I wasn't even comfortable enough to tell them what was going on because I was so ashamed and embarrassed. Like, well, yeah, because hard. you were like 20 and you're like, the doctor's telling me I have a mystery STD and my vagina is broken. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. It was like so bad, but. To round out that whole episode, I will say 
there are good ones out there. And when someone finally listens to you, like when that one doctor, he was so kind. He was like an older doctor. And I just like was laying on the like chair and I was just bawling. And I was like, do whatever you have to do. Like, I just want to know what's wrong with me. I just want to be fixed. I just want to be okay. Um, and interestingly enough, this is like when my ED, my ED disorder had like reached its peak. And I really do think the two things were like heavily correlated, like my anxiety, my depression around that. And then like me just feeling like everything else was spinning out of control. And like, I remember he like took the time and was like, it's going to be okay. I promise I'm going to help you. I don't think you have a mystery STD. I don't think you did anything wrong. I don't think that this is your fault. I think that it might be this weird, not he didn't say weird. He's like, I think it might be this autoimmune reaction that I've seen in other patients. And he was like, we're just going to try something. Bear with me. And he was like, it's going to, we're going to do a Novocaine shot and it's going, you're going to be numb for like 12 hours. It was like a really high dose or I forget what it was, but he was like, after that, if it's not better, come back and we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. And like, I just think it's amazing. Like when you have that one person listen to you, like, yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. I'm so glad you did eventually. Find, I mean, it took time, but I'm glad you found that one doctor. Oh, yeah, but it was life changing because like I've never had to deal with it again. And like, I don't have all the gynecological anxiety that I had. Like it was like, I mean, yeah, I would never in a million years thought I would be sharing that story on a podcast <laughs> for thousands of people to listen to. Yeah. But I don't know. Like if you're listening and you hear Allie and I's stories, like one, you're not alone. Like we've totally been through this too like I'm sorry you're going through that and three like there are good people who will listen and it's really hard finding them and it's unfortunate in our, our system it's a privilege to find someone who will listen to you like that's also something like I recognize going to five doctors like yeah that was expensive and like luckily I had a part-time job while I was in school and like I could my parents helped me with it too so like but I didn't want to tell my parents what was going on either like that was the other hard part my mom was like, why do you keep having to go back to the doctor? Are you like, are you pregnant? What's going on? And I was like, um, I don't know. Yeah, that is hard, especially if you're under their insurance too. It was, and I didn't want to tell them. Oh, so many things. Well, anything else rounding out? So I'm sorry that happened to you. It's still so fresh. So like, good for you for like sharing it. Like, that's so hard. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for letting me talk about it. And hopefully this will, I don't know help someone or help someone know that they're not alone and my last thought is if if there are any gynecologists who listen I was talking to my uh EMDR therapist I just finished EMDR therapy and she was telling me because I when I would go into appointments I was like I can't focus on this I have this going on and I told her what happened and she said that the best gynecologist she ever had she was laying down with her feet in the stirrups and she looked up and the gynecologist had like pictures on the ceiling and it was like that little thing that tells a patient I recognize that you're a human and you're here like I feel like something so small just to humanize that whole experience could make a world like the world of difference why am I tearing up literally I like I like want to cry that is like the best idea ever and if you're a gyno and you listen and like, I'm sure you're one of the good ones, like come talk to us. We'd love to, we'd love to talk to you and like learn more. And, you know, it's, it's tough because 
we, you don't want that experience to be negative, but unfortunately a lot of people have had negative experiences. And I don't think any doctor goes through all that school and does all those things to cause harm. So like, what, what can we do in our system to like fix this? Like, where does it start? So many questions. Yeah. And I don't want to feel I'm not a gynecologist shamer. It's, uh, you know, no, all but you had a bad experience, but it like, was a really, really, really negative experience. But I recognize that it's not <laughs> to say that you're allowed to be like, I had a really shitty experience. It was really bad. <laughs> but No, that is valid that you had a bad experience. Oh, valid that you feel like, you know, so. All right. Well, we could talk for hours and we Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave a review or reach out to us or let us know what you think. Um, you know, Allie and I are going to be coming on here together more often to kind of dive into just issues that we see in the world. I've been like dying to have someone else consistent on here to like come talk. So if there's something you guys want us to talk about us, just let us know. Like this is a time for us all to come together and like talk and vent and learn. So thank you, Allie. And thank you to all our amazing listeners for hanging out with us. Thank you, Kate.